This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers on today's podcast. Lot to get to. The Browns have a new offensive coordinator. We have a new Super Bowl set up, and an old friend comes back to Cleveland. That's all on this edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. We are now down to the final football game of the year, my friends. Yes, my friends. I'm Jim Nance, my friends. We'll get into how awful Tony Romo is. We'll get into Championship Sunday and look ahead to the Super Bowl. Plus, uh, the Guardians did something. It may not help them win, but at least it's a cool move. That all a little bit later. But we begin with the big news involving the Browns, and that's uh, late last night, Sunday night. In fact, during the playoffs, uh, during the playoff games, there was a report the Browns didn't announce it. Browns haven't announced any of their coaching hires yet officially. But uh, last night, report uh, coming out that uh, from multiple sources that Ken Dorsey, the former Cleveland Browns quarterback was being hired by the Browns as their offensive coordinator. Ken Dorsey is one of the names that we've talked about over the past week or so since the uh, Browns moved on from Alex Van Pelt. When I first saw the news that Ken Dorsey was in consideration to be a coordinator for the Browns before they not last night when they, you know, when the report came out that they were hiring him, but when it was first reported, my first reaction was like many people, well, the bills just fired him and the bills played better after he left. So it must be his fault. They weren't playing well. Well, it's never that simple. I should know better. We all should know better, but we don't, you know, you have your immediate reaction. Does Ken Dorsey being the Browns offensive coordinator, excite me? Not really. Does Ken Dorsey being the Browns offensive coordinator get me pumped and ready to go? No, not really. But when you do a a deeper look into Ken Dorsey here, I think there are reasons that make sense as to why the Browns decided to go in this direction. First of all, if you really look into into the numbers of the Bills offense before and after Ken Dorsey. In a lot of ways, the offense wasn't better. The biggest difference between the Bills' offense in that, I think there was a six-game stretch where they played terribly, which eventually led to his firing, and how they played after. The biggest difference is Josh Allen stopped turning the ball over. The truth is, and probably Josh Allen would tell you this, because Josh Allen was a big supporter of Ken Dorsey, not that he doesn't like Joe Brady, who took over as the interim offensive coordinator, and coincidentally or not, was named the permanent uh, offensive coordinator of the Bills yesterday as well. But uh, the difference with Josh Allen, that he didn't play well enough. During that stretch, he wasn't playing well enough. 
Ken Dorsey deserves some of the blame. When things go poorly, it's never, it's rarely one person at fault. We as a society, we as a media are as guilty of this as anybody. We want to find someone to blame. But the reality is there's a lot of blame to go around. And, and, and some of that blame belongs at the doorstep of Ken Dorsey, no doubt about it. If your best player that you're in charge of is not playing well, well, some of that is your fault, at least on some level. You, you don't get a pass. If you get no blame for him struggling, then you get no credit for him playing well. I think it's pretty simple. But Ken Dorsey has done some good things in Buffalo and has done some good things, period, in the league. Of course, Ken Dorsey started as a quarterback, was a great, successful quarterback at uh, Miami University, lost to my good friend Dustin Fox and the Buckeyes, the national championship, of course. As a player, he started the career, his career as a seventh-round pick, um, played for the 49ers before coming to the Browns for a few years, and that would eventually be the end of his NFL career. Uh, did go play in the CFL briefly. But uh, he, he, he first joined the NFL as a coach a little over a decade ago uh, with the Carolina Panthers. He, he was, he was um, actually a scout initially with the Panthers before he became their quarterback coach in 2013. And who was the quarterback of the Panthers? Cam Newton. Uh, the, the Panthers went to the Super Bowl, obviously, during that stretch. They didn't win, of course, but they went to the Super Bowl during that stretch. Uh, after Ken Dorsey was Ken Dorsey was fired by the Carolina Panthers as their quarterback coach, he then went to Buffalo in twenty after a year off. I think he was I may have been and in, 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 I think he worked in uh, in college for a year, um, doing an off the field job, and then he gets hired by the Bills to be their quarterback coach in twenty nineteen. Um, in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. He helps groom Josh Allen. Then he gets a slight promotion in 2021 as he remains the quarterback coach and the passing game coordinator and starts to get noticed around the league because Josh Allen by 2021 is playing great football as a potential offensive coordinator. Brian Dayball leaves the Giants at the end, excuse me, leaves the Bills at the end of the 2021 season to become the head coach of the Giants. He had been the offensive coordinator in Buffalo when Ken Dorsey was the quarterback coach. Josh Allen pushes hard for Ken Dorsey to remain because they have that relationship as the offensive coordinator, and he does. The Bills offense in 2022 under Ken Dorsey is excellent. The, the Bills are one of the best offenses in football in 2022. Obviously, they get eliminated in the playoffs uh, by the, the Bengals in that year. Um, and then, so Dorsey, uh, but Dorsey did a good job in 2022. Or, you know, you give him some credit. He was the play caller, and their offense had success. Again, not all him. They, had a great, they have a great quarterback, but he's got to get some credit if he's going to get some blame. This year didn't go well. The team committed a ton of turnovers. Um, there, there seemed to be an issue in terms of getting Stephon Diggs the ball. Some of that on Ken Dorsey. Some of that on Josh Allen. 
Uh, Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Bills, is a conservative coach by nature. The Bills were throwing the ball a lot. I think he wanted an offensive coordinator that was going to throw the ball or run the ball more. And under Joe Brady, they did run the ball more and they ran it well. But if you look at the, the you know, some of the efficiency stats and the advanced stats on the Bills offense with Ken Dorsey and after, it's, it's actually pretty much the same. In fact, in some areas, the defense did worse. The biggest difference was that Josh Allen stopped turning over the ball. How much did how much of a factor was Ken Dorsey at, and eventually Joe Brady in the turnovers? Uh, I don't know. Probably not a ton. Either either good or bad. But the bottom line is the Bills did score a lot more points. Uh, not a lot more. They scored more points in those last bunch of games. But that's because Josh Allen was not turning the ball over as much. I think what's interesting, if you look at Ken Dorsey's decade in the league, decade plus in the league, uh, well, more than that, but decade plus as a coach in the league, what you see is he's he's basically, not basically, his two starting quarterbacks, when he's been a quarterback coach or a or a offensive coordinator in this league, have been guys who do something very similar to Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. They're guys that are very good with their legs. Now, Cam Newton is built like a tank. Uh, Josh Allen is built like a tank. Deshaun Watson obviously is not um, you know, a big monster like those guys physically, but in terms of their ability to be athletic, in terms of their ability to use their legs both to run and to get out of the pocket or move within the pocket, there are similarities there between Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, and Josh Allen. Whether that had anything to do with the Browns hiring Ken Dorsey, I I, I don't know. I could, you know, you, it seems pretty obvious that that might be a reason for a factor here. Uh, obviously, I don't know. I don't know behind the scenes of what's going on and why they hired the guy. I'm just putting the puzzle pieces together, and that seems to make some sense. Now, the, the next question, of course, becomes who is going to call plays on the offense? The Browns have now hired a, a offensive coordinator who does have experience calling plays. But you could say the same about Alex Van Pelt. He had experience calling plays also, and he didn't call the plays. In my mind, it's very simple. That decision should be made by Kevin Stefanski. If Kevin Stefanski thinks it's better for the team for Ken Dorsey to call plays, then I'm on board. If Kevin Stefanski believes it's better for him to call plays, which looking from the outside in seems pretty obvious because he's done an excellent job calling plays, then he should do it. The only beef I will have here is if, again, we keep going back to this, if Kevin Stefanski's hand is forced to giving up play calling to Ken Dorsey. Now, if Ken Dorsey is calling plays, we won't know that. If Ken Dorsey is not calling plays, well, then we know his hand wasn't forced. If Ken Dorsey is calling plays, we won't know that. Of course, what's going to happen is Kevin Stefanski's going to say it was his decision, which it might be if it happens. And those who 
who can never who think it's a it's a travesty if you make any criticism of the Browns at all that you're a hater will say, oh, you see, he said he, it was his decision. Well, if it's not his decision, he's not going to admit that publicly, certainly not while he's still working for the Browns. So I'm going to be hopeful that Kevin Stefanski has the say here. And if he does, I think he'll be calling plays. But if he decides that this team is better off with Ken Dorsey calling the plays, I'm okay with that. Um, uh, this idea that Kevin Ken Dorsey is is an idiot or not creative enough, yeah, I don't I don't buy any of that. I think Ken Dorsey's a fine choice. Um, I I'm I'm totally fine with the hire. I don't love it. I certainly don't hate it. Uh, but uh, and I see again the pieces of why they may have gone down this road. And remember, the one positive here, or one of the positives here, is that Ken Dorsey does like, in his history, to throw the ball. He also likes calling plays where the quarterback runs, which is something that would benefit Deshaun Watson. But in the end, whether it's Kevin Stefanski calling plays or Ken Dorsey calling plays, or me calling plays, and I think I'd be underrated at it. I would definitely be underrated. People would think it would be the worst hire ever, and I think I'd be pretty good. But the bottom – don't use the bottom line. That's a crutch, it's a crutch word, crutch statement. It's up to Deshaun Watson. That's it. Deshaun Watson, if he could stay on the field and play at a high level, then the Browns' offense will be good. He can't stay on the field or he can't play at high level and the Browns won't be very good on offense. Pretty simple. All right, later, an old friend comes home. But first, I want to let you know, as we head to the, to the big game, get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same game parlays on any game with the squares icon to earn a square. Championship Sunday, uh, overall, a lot of the playoff games have been disappointing. We did have two very exciting games yesterday. Uh, let's start with the AFC Championship game. You know, two Sundays ago, I picked the Bills. I When we made our predictions for the playoffs, I had the Bills beating the 49ers in the playoffs. Um. Obviously, that's not going to happen. The 49ers got there. I now have the Chiefs beating the 49ers in the playoff. We'll get there in a minute. But um, a lot of interesting things about this Chiefs-Ravens game. It felt like Chiefs were in total control, but in the end, it, it only finishes as a touchdown game. It Now, Patrick Mahomes, if you look overall, he didn't have a magnificent game. He had a magnificent first half. You look at his final numbers. 30 of 39, 241, a touchdown, no picks. Six carries, 15 yards. Those are good. It's a good game, but not going to blow you. He didn't blow you away statistically. They didn't, Chiefs didn't blow you away with their offense. They had a 17-7 lead at halftime, and that was basically the game. Uh, Ravens got the, the field goal late, um, but then that was that. Uh, the Chiefs get the killer blow with the pass down the field because they play aggressively. But and, and the Chiefs' defense deserves a ton of credit. This is by far, by far, the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has played with. 
Uh, they're very good on all three levels. Um, you know, guy, a lot of impact players. You know, Chris Jones didn't even have a huge game. I mean, he's their best player. He didn't have a huge game, and still there, he was fine. I mean, he made some impact, but he didn't have a, this crazy game. He didn't have any sacks in the game. He had a, he, he had one hit for the quarterback, but he didn't have any sacks, and yet. This Chiefs defense was phenomenal, but and and I'm I fall to bl- I, I'm to blame too because I you know now I picked the Chiefs to beat the Ravens and I was probably in the minority there, but I had the Chiefs losing the Buffalo, so I don't get credit. I thought Buffalo's going to go to the Super Bowl, but once again, and and this is this has got to be so disheartening. I know it is for me. It's got to be for all of you. That even in a down year, and I say in air quotes, down year for the Chiefs offense, in a down year for Patrick Mahomes, where their only sure thing in the passing game was Travis Kelsey. Now, Rasheed Rice really came on the second half of the year. He looks like a legit receiver. Caught eight of nine passes for 46 yards. Obviously, Kelsey had a monster. Kelsey and Rice combined for 19 catches on 20 targets. For 162 yards and a touchdown. Pacheco, you know, he didn't do much on the ground. He grounded, you know, grinded out some yardage, had the touchdown, but wasn't like he had a big game. No, outside of Kelsey, nobody put up big stats for the Chiefs. But Patrick Mahomes still was the better. He was the better quarterback against the Bills. He was the better quarterback against the Ravens. And you could say, well, he didn't put up that many points. You're right. But neither did the Ravens. Lamar was lousy in this game. Patrick Mahomes was a little better than Josh Allen. He was way better than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, I thought, played a lousy game. I said he played like S-H-I-T. I I don't know why I just spelled that. Then I was like, ah, it's a little harsh. I said he played meh. And now I'm really, I'm somewhere in between. He He was not good. Lamar Jackson was not good. And Lamar Jackson, by the way, six playoff games in his career, not, including rushing, nine touchdowns, that's okay. Nine turnovers, that's hideous. But I want to get back to Patrick Mahomes because he is so far on a level above the other quarterbacks in this league. It's crazy. I know a lot of people are getting wild saying he's the best quarterback of all time. I believe it. I'm one of those people. I think by the time he retires, he will pass Brady as the best quarterback. I've never seen anything like this. He's going to the Super Bowl again. Six AFC championship games, four trips to the Super Bowl, and a chance for a third title in his first six seasons. Insane. You look uh, compared to Brady. Right now, Brady through six seasons has three championships, Mahomes has two. He could tie Brady there. Most of the other things, statistically, Mahomes is better. I I mean, we have never seen a player play like this. And this is in the down year, a down year where everything pointed. The Ravens have been kicking ass all year. The Bills' offense was cooking at the end of the season. So many good teams, so many good quarterbacks in the AFC. You could argue Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, top two MVP candidates. No, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. There is no player in the league more valuable than Patrick Mahomes. End of conversation. There's no debate. There's no discussion. He is, 
I, I thought th- there were times where, where in the last few years, people said, well, uh, maybe Josh Allen's as good, or maybe Justin Herbert, or maybe Lamar, or maybe Burrow. Earlier, maybe Watson when he was with Houston. No, 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 no. None of those guys are close. None. It's Patrick Mahomes, and it's everybody else. And it sucks. It sucks. I mean, (laughs) we were betting against them all year. And now they're laughing, as usual. Last laugh for the the Kansas City Chiefs. Unbelievable. Uh, They opened, uh, the Niners opened in the Super Bowl before we get to, uh, let's get to the Niners first and we'll go to the, the point spread. The Niners Chiefs game, uh, by the way, the, the pick by Lamar when they were driving, where they could have made it 17-4, it was a terrible throw and he really gagged in this game. There's no doubt about it. Now, obviously the Lions, speaking of gagging, fe- completely fell apart. Niners win 34-31. Uh, Jared Goff played great in the first half. The, the Lions offense went completely down the tubes in the second half. The key moment in the game, obviously, third quarter. Um, the Lions were up 24-10 in the third quarter. They had the ball. They're looking at a fourth down. So they're up 14. Let's go to the exact play here. They're up 14 uh, into the second quarter. Let's see. And they have a fourth and two at the Niner 28. We're halfway through the third. They're up 14, okay? Now, the Lions decide to go for it. Jared Goff has Josh Reynolds wide open. Not a great throw, but it hits him in the hands. Reynolds drops the ball. He catches it. It's a first down. And who knows what happens the rest of the drive. We'll never know. But he drops the ball. It's incomplete. As soon as it's incomplete, all everybody goes bananas on Twitter that Dan, or, that, uh, Dan Campbell's an idiot and he should have kicked the field goal. Now, what makes you think he would kick the field goal there? Dan Campbell has gotten the Lions to the NFC Championship game by being the most go-for-it coach in the entire league. That's how he plays. And I know a lot of people, and and part of the reason he's aggressive that way is because he believes in his team, and he believes that if we miss it, well, we'll stop the Niners anyway. And there was reason to believe it at that point. The Niners had only scored 10 points halfway through the third quarter. A lot of people said to me, well, why didn't he just go for it at the end of the first half? Well, at the end of the first half, it's different because it's the last play, right? And there's no, well, we could stop the Niners anyway. The half is over. Now, if he would have gone for it, it wouldn't have surprised me. But I knew he was going for it. We all knew he was going for it fourth and two with the 28. And yes, now when you look back, you say, well, if he would have kicked the field goal, maybe they would have won. Is the kicker even a short thing to make that field goal? The Lions haven't trusted their kickers all year. Michael Badgley had only attempted, I think, five or six field goals all season. He had only made two field goals over over 39 yards all year. He, now, he didn't miss any, but they had only attempted two over 39 all year. In the, well, all year. He'd only played like six games. So he doesn't have a lot of faith in his kicker over 40 yards, obviously. And he believes his team can get a first down. They should have. They blew it. 
Niners go down the field, score quickly on a crazy play, basically that got most of the yardage. Brandon Ayuk for 51 yards, a ball that hit the DB in the face mask. Crazy play. They eventually go in on a third and goal on a pass to Ayuk. So now it's 24-17. Now the Lions get the ball back, and they fumble immediately. So now things are snowballing. The Niners don't have to go far, get another touchdown. 24-24. Lions go three and out. Field goals get a uh, – uh, Niners get a field goal. It's 27-24. Now, <laughs> the Lions moving the ball again. Okay? They are looking at a fourth and three at the Niner 30. Again, he already passed up. It's 27-24. Now, this second time, I think if push came to shove, I probably would have kicked the field goal if I were Dan Campbell in the second time. But I understand. as as stup- I, I know it seems stupid. I know nobody's going to want to hear this. I know everybody's going to say I'm nuts. And I admit that I probably would have caved and gone for the field goal here because in this case, th- when you're up by 14 and everything's going your way, I get one you go for the killer blow going for the touchdown. This is a little different because things have been snowballing in the opposite direction, okay? Things are snowballing in the opposite direction. And 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 so I understand in this case while why a lot of people wanted him to kick it, even people that were okay with the first one. I was okay with the first one. Ultimately, I was okay with this one because that's who he is. That's who they've been all year. I understand it. And so I got no problem with it, but I, I, I would have kicked it myself and I, I'm, I love it. I love you, Dan Campbell. That one, I probably would have kicked it to, because everything had been going the other team's way. I kick it, calm everybody down. It's a tie game. He didn't do it. They went for it again. I, I don't know if the play call was to go deep. They, uh, they pointed out in the broadcast, it was a good job by Greg Olson thought it was going to be zone. Or, or I, I can't remember if he thought it was going to be play a man, man to man, and end up being zone. I think, and that was it. And then the Niners got the ball and scored a touchdown. And it was over the lot. And then the the to me the biggest criticism of Dan Campbell is you, on the third and goal at the three when you have all three timeouts, you can't hope for the onside kick. It's almost an impossibility. You can't call that timeout. You can't run and call the timeout. You got to throw it this way. You still have the three timeouts and have a chance to get the ball back with thirty seconds left. Instead, they had they ran on third down, they used a timeout, and then they, they got the touchdown. But they only had two timeouts, not three. They couldn't stop the clock. They didn't get the onside kick, and that was that. Campbell's going to see- receive a lot of criticism. I think the guy's a- done a hell of a job. I get why people want him to kick it at 27-24. He probably should have. I love his attitude. It is who he is. He was true to himself. I can't. I- in the end, I'm not going to kill him for that. So there you go. All right, final thing. The Guardians have had a miserable offseason. They've done virtually nothing. They've acquired Scott Barlow, nice pickup, and they re-signed Austin Hedges to be the backup catcher. Okay, waste of money, but okay. Not my money. But yesterday, while it's not a move that makes them any better, it, it is a move that, that that I enjoy, and I'm happy they did it. Again, this is not to give the Guardians a pass in any way. They deserve to be crushed, as I have this whole offseason, they've been a major disappointment. But if you missed it, the Guardians signed Carlos Carrasco to a minor league contract. Cookie, the, who's been a lifelong Guardian, after but you know went to the Mets here after getting initially traded when he was in the minors to the Guardians. 
It'll be cool to have him back. I hope he makes the roster. I'd love to see him be able to maybe, maybe they could turn him into a reliever. Remember, earlier in his career, he was struggling. They moved him into the pen. He pitched really well, and that turned his career around, became an excellent starter after that. Maybe now late in his career, they turn find a relief role for him. I don't know. I don't think he's got much of anything left in the tank, but I think it's cool that he's on the team. It's still been a pathetic offseason by the Guardians. All right. Thanks to everybody for joining me as always. Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. We'll see you next time. Where else but right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.